0: love loving me and magnify Christ our Lord is the Lord our God the Lord is one love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this love your neighbor as yourself there is no other commandment greater than these. And as we prepare to celebrate the mystery of Christ's love, let us acknowledge our sins and ask the Lord for pardon and strength. Please kneel. Most merciful God, I confess that I have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what I have done and by what I have left undone. I have not loved you with my whole heart. I have not loved my neighbors as myself. I am truly sorry and I humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on me and forgive me that I may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen.
1: The Almighty and the Lord grant you absolution or remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, have mercy.
2: Christ, have
1: mercy. Lord, have mercy. pray together, the Colette. Lord, we pray that your grace may always proceed and follow us, that we may continually be given to good works, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Children. All right. The armies of the Lord are gathering. There we are. Hey, buddy. <laughs> Heavenly Father, I pray for each and every one of these young people as they go to study your word and who you are, that you would bless each one of them with courage, strength, and wisdom all through their life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Awesome.
3: Excellent. (laughs) Ah. This morning's Old Testament comes from Amos, chapter 5. Seek the Lord and live, lest he break out like fire in the house of Joseph and devour it, with no one to quench it in Bethel. You who turn justice to wormwood and lay righteousness to the rest of the earth. They hate the one who rebukes in the gate, and they abhor the one who speaks uprightly. Therefore, because you tread down the poor and take grain taxes from him, though you have built houses of hewn stone, yet you shall not dwell in them. You have planted pleasant vineyards, but you shall not drink wine from them. For I know your manifold transgressions and your mighty sins, afflicting the just and taking bribes, diverting the poor from justice at the gate. Therefore the prudent keep silence at that time, for it is an evil time. Seek good and not evil, that you may live, so the Lord God of hosts will be with you. As you have spoken, hate evil, love good, establish justice in the gate. It may be that the Lord God of hosts will be gracious to the remnant of Joseph. This is the word of the Lord.
0: Thank you, God. Stand for the reading of the gospel.
3: Our our psalm Psalm this morning is Psalm 90, uh, beginning in verse 12, and we'll say it responsively by the half verse. So teach us to number our days. Return, O Lord, how long? Have compassion on your servants. Oh, satisfy, uh, satisfy us early with your mercy. And be glad all our days. Make us glad according to the days in which you have afflicted us. Let your work appear to your servants. And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit.
0: May be seated.
2: Our second reading this morning is taken from the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 14, commencing. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are. Yet without sin let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need this is the word of the
0: lord be to God. please stand for the reading of the gospel Just a moment. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Mark. Glory be to thee, O Lord. St. Mark, chapter 17, chapter 10, beginning of verse 17. Now, as Jesus was going out on the road, when came running, Knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. You know the commandments do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, Teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. Then Jesus looked at him, loved him, and said to him, One thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross, and follow me. But he was sad at this word, and went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and said said to them, Children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And they were greatly astonished, saying among themselves, Who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise be to thee, Lord Christ.
1: Bishop Kessler is in Florida, I believe, visiting his friend there, Bishop Lilly, and then after that this week, I think there is a house of bishops there, so keep him, Bishop Kessler and Karen, and all the bishops in your prayers as they meet together, uh, and Father Ed. Where's Father Ed? He's in Annapolis at his, his uh, college reunion, uh, which I was at mine a few years ago, and if uh, if the pattern holds he's having a great time seeing a lot of old friends and uh i was going to say cheering on navy but i think that they uh didn't didn't do their job <laughs> they didn't when i was there either they play the toughest teams when the reunions are there so uh that's happening i just want you to keep all those people in your prayers as they're traveling i want to i want to talk today about this line that i keep throwing out I think it maybe deserves a little bit more explanation where I say that, um, love is suffering and sacrifice. And of course, I always say that in the context of my own marriage, right? Because it's funny. It is funny. <laughs> but it's not, it's not my fault. Uh, not Debbie's fault. It's just the way things are, right? But I wanted to take some time and talk about that a little bit more because there is something that is, um, Particularly, I have noticed in the way that the world understands love and they get it wrong. And because they get it wrong, there's this domino effect where they lose the, lose the story on everything else and end up uh, in the name of love, shaking their fists and screaming at people. You know, it's, it's a kind of a crazy path, um, so I want to talk a little bit about that today, a little bit more, and that I want to start with, like, what do I mean when I say the world, right? Because there's the church and there's the world. Now, I'm talking about when you look at the whole scope of humanity, we know there's people here in the church. We trust in God. We're different because of what God has given us, the benefits that we have, but the world outside the church doesn't have these benefits. The world has to navigate their lives with their wits. And the challenge is that we have all we're all subject to sin. We're all sinners. And that that affects who we are. Our nature has a problem with sin. And not only that, we have we have limitations. You can only be in one place at a time. <laughs> Right. So your perspective is always from only one place. It's just the way it is. And our ability to comprehend has limits. No matter what anyone may imagine about themselves, it's impossible to know and to do everything. And with that, with those boundaries and those limitations, the challenge is that they become subject to corruption. Right? And you think of corruption. Um what do I mean by corruption well I mean almost everything that corruption can mean there's you know definitions when you're talking about corruption you may be talking about decay something decays it's corrupt it's rotting uh, it's uh depraved um, in in uh political sense it tends toward being doing things that are Ill- illegal taking bribes or uh, using your authority or your power uh, dishonestly—it's it's a corruption—and and it's um, the problem is is that in the world, fending for themselves based on their wits, they're going to tend in that in that nature because of their limitations. Now we in the church, we have those same limitations, and so what do we do? Because we've got to not allow ourselves to be driven down this. Uh, worldly way of thinking but we we have been given gifts by god to rescue us from that the whole the whole gospel story is a story of rescue rescuing sinners like us um, we have the holy spirit in us especially at the in this church charismatic episcopal church we all confidently know that the holy spirit is in us and it and the holy spirit is there to lead us into all truth. The Holy Spirit is a comforter. The Holy Spirit reminds us of the things that Jesus has told us. It reminds us of what Jesus has done for us. It's always bringing us back to truth and goodness and right and empowering us to be able to walk in that. We have that benefit. We have the benefit of Scripture, the written Word of God, that is, that is more than just a book. It's alive. And when you spend time in it, you find that the stories that we hear about in Scripture touch us and move us in special ways. They they reach into our heart and deal with the things in us and the things in the world that we're facing. We have that benefit. And we have a great tradition. We're not the first ones to ever be born again. <laughs> we got 2,000 years of great saints that have gone before us and shown us things revealed to us things about God and about us and how we can walk and do that right and so so we have this spirit in us we have the scriptures the word of God and we have the tradition of the church to help teach us about that now the problem that i have with the world and their understanding of love is that they have they have conflated that or equated it to uh, the romance. Um, you know, and I trust you understand what I'm talking about. It's like they've equated it with the honeymoon and they've thrown out the wedding. They've thrown out the wedding and they focused on the honeymoon. And that leaves them always hunting for something more. The honeymoon is not a bad thing. I'm, I'm a big fan, right? I'm in favor of that. But it needs this context. It needs this context of of uh, uh, the marriage itself. And the marriage, the marriage, like the liturgy of matrimony, the sacrament of matrimony, is an iconic view into the world. We have a, a priest who stands at the front representing God the Father. And we have the groom who is standing there in Christ's place showing us that and we have the bride coming down the aisle, being presented to the groom, the bride being the church, us having been made perfect or brought down the aisle and with the father, which is funny because he's like, he's standing in for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is bringing the church, perfecting the church and bringing it to Christ for this, this, the, the, it's our destiny. It's, uh, eschatology is like the study of things at the culmination of the end of all history. It's a picture of all of that coming together. And you need that. It, the, the marriage becomes iconic. It becomes something more than a contract or an agreement or a couple of people who have this strong affection for each other. You enter into an image of the cosmos and all of history. It's like, what am I doing here, <laughs> right, as a husband? Man, you know, I, I think that uh, sometimes when I think of my children especially or 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 my wife, it's like I think they deserve better. Unfortunately, God has seen fit to put me in that position, so that's where we're at. And I'm looking for something in order to make that work, and that's the Holy Spirit in me, transforming me into something new better than than I would otherwise be if I were, like the world, left to my own devices. I need the revelation of God to speak into my heart. I need the Spirit to transform me to think and to act as I was intended to, as I was designed to by God. So um, I want to talk about this, right, because we, in the context of this rich young ruler, the gospel lesson this morning is about the rich young ruler, and he is. Uh, the story starts with him running, running, and kneeling before Jesus and saying, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? The young man is earnest. He's serious, as you will see. But Jesus, it's, you know, there's always, to me, it seems like a mystery in these gospel stories. What's there? Do I see what's there? And, and when, I, when I read in there the questions that Jesus says, and they puzzle me, I want to know why. So this young man, this earnest young man, comes to Jesus and says, what must I do, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus answers, "Why do you call me good? Only one is good, and that is God. right? Yeah, people tease me about that. Only one is good, God. It's when they say, "Hey, how you doing?" And I go, "I'm good." It's like, "No, you're not." <laughs> but that's not what's going on here, right? This guy's saying, "Good teacher, Jesus saying, "Only one is good, and that's God. Well, hey, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that would mean to me that Jesus is good too." He's entitled to that attribution. So why is he saying that? Because it's not about him. It's not about deserving. It's about what does that young man mean? What is he saying, good teacher? Is he serious? Is he playing a game? He's hunting for something. What's he hunting for? But he repeats his question. Why do you call me good? No one is good but the one that is God. And, and Jesus goes on and he says, you know the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. Now that is a classroom answer. Anyone who'd studied at that time, as Jesus would have, and all those around him, in particular I would guess this rich young ruler, he's in a place of authority in the, in the, the religious group. Religious community, I would imagine. Um, So he knows. He knows all this. Jesus gave him, like I said, it's a school book answer. You can get that answer anywhere. He's like, no, no, no. I want something more. And he says, teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. He is looking for something more. And this is... This is, um, I think this is a particular, particularly important verse here. And it says, Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, Two things in there that I think are important. The first thing was, he saw him. That's in the Gospels. (laughs) Jesus saw him. It matters that he saw him and he loved him. He loved him. And then he spoke. It was out of seeing him where he is, what he's asking for, and loving him that Jesus says to him, one thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor and you will receive treasure in heaven and come, take up the cross and follow me. And that's where the trouble began. The young man earnestly desired something, some way that he could have the confidence that he had eternal life. He'd obeyed the commandments. He was earnestly committed and was hungry for something more. And Jesus Jesus put his finger on it right there. And he said, you have riches and they're bottling you up. It's like a couple of weeks ago when I was talking about Jesus saying, "If your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off." It's like nobody should cut off their foot or their hand because their foot or their hand is not causing them to sin. But it's like that. It's hard. This man has a problem with giving up his money. His money's got a grip on him, and it's not really clear at this moment that that's true. And I'm and I'm a I'm assuming that from later in the story, when the disciples are like, "Oh my gosh," it's, Jesus says, "It's it's almost it's impossible for the rich to get into heaven. They can't do it." Well, you know, and the disciples are like, shocked, shocked, amazed, surprised. If a rich man can't get into heaven, then what hope does anyone have? <laughs> but Jesus goes on in a reply to that, and and he says. Children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. See, that's the problem. It's not money. Money's never a problem. Money, having money or not having money is never a problem. The problem in scripture about money always comes out is if you trust in it or you love it. I mean, that's what the scripture says. And in this case, if you trust in your money, you're going to find yourself in this place, like this rich young ruler, is that he trusts in his money. He doesn't trust in God. He's missing that faith that he needs to believe. Because as we know, it's not what you do that saves you. It's what you believe. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and he came and he died for me on the cross, and he was raised from the dead. And therefore, I have faith, confidence that I have eternal life. It's because of what I believe. Now, as a consequence of what I believe, I behave a certain way. But it's not the other way around. And this young man is always asking, what must I do? Jesus puts his finger on it. Sell what you have. Give to the poor. So he walks away sad. Now... This, this habit that Jesus has of like putting his finger on the heart of people is a lot of what I mean when I talk about the Bible is alive in us and it's a benefit to us and the Holy Spirit in us. As we open and read through that, the Holy Spirit talking to us and speaking to us finds those places in our heart where we need to repent, where we need to sell that idea that's holding us back, that's got us trapped, that's got us bound up. Now, the, um, the deal is, I don't, I don't want to just like leave it there because I want to I go back to this. One of my favorite passages in here, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch on a couple of these, is in Luke 4, when Jesus comes to his hometown for the first time and begins his ministry, Which, you know, I always have to say, Jesus had a hometown. Did you know that? (laughs) I have one. Jesus comes to his hometown, and he reads out of Isaiah, saying, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And then he closes the book, and he says, today, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And I'm telling you, that word is alive, and it's true every day in your life. And these are the things that Jesus came to do. Preach good news to the poor, proclaim release to captives, sight to the blind, and set at liberty those who are oppressed. Those are things that we see in the world The people are stuck in these traps. They're poor. They're oppressed. They're blind. And they're prisoners. We are all subject to those risks in this world. But Jesus came to set us free. He came to set us free from all those things. First of all, us in the church, we have this in us to be set free. That if we can't see, we're blind. But God will give us sight. So you can see into things you need to know. You need God's help. Or maybe you're bound somehow or in a prison somehow. God's there to bring you the rescue you need. We can trust in God. And we do. And we do. We do trust in God. And that's what I love about Saint Michael's is that we put our trust first in God, and therefore we can live expecting that that gift, those promises. In fact, I like this too in second Peter, the beginning of second Peter verses two and three, it says, "May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord." I just like reading that because that's Peter talking to me, praying to God that I would be, would be, um, that grace and peace would be multiplied to me. And, and I'm in favor of that sort of thing. Uh, but this verse three said, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. That's good to know. Do I have everything I need for life and godliness? Yes. Yes, I have. Well, how do I know? Through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, he's called us to him, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, that through these you may escape from the corruption that is in the world because of passion and become partakers of the divine nature. <laughs> How about that? God's word promises us that the promises of God are true, and we can trust in them because we can trust in God. And then we have everything we need for life and for godliness. We are in the best position that you can be in. <laughs> and I want to I take that and take a moment right now to talk about another story in the gospel. And this was uh, um, Kristen Madison spoke about it as a, as a word. Congratulations, Kristen. <laughs> uh, a couple of weeks ago about the fields being white for the harvest. And this this story, where the, the moment where he says that, and I want to talk about that in this context of knowing the great love God has for us, what he's done for us, and what what are we going to do, right? What are we going to do about it? Well, as I've said before, we need to press into the promises of God so that we're set free, so that we're not blind, so that we're not oppressed, I look at the world, the last couple of years, I, I feel oppressed. <laughs> and that makes me depressed. And so I turn to the word, and I turn to what God's promises, and I, I am not afraid. I'm not afraid. So in this story where Jesus is telling this, it comes right after this this moment where where Jesus has talked to a, a woman at a well. A rabbi talking to women. Pfft. Worse than that, it was a Samaritan woman, which is like bad news. But he, he talks to this woman and she she's remarkable. I'm amazed because she just doesn't pull any of our punches and she just presses in just like Jesus and this woman talking is a fascinating conversation because they're they're doing it right and it's very real. And he gets to this point in her life and he says, You know you know, give me this living water that I might never have to come to the well again. That young rich ruler is going to have to come to the well again because he walked away sad. And Jesus said to that woman at that moment, bring your husband. And it was was the thing. It was the thing in her life that was broken the most. And I think that caused her the most grief. Uh, But she was honest. She didn't hide. She just blurted it right out there. And then so that happens, right? And she runs off to tell the leaders of her city. And the disciples come up and say, What are you doing? <laughs> you want some food? And Jesus, now nah, I'm fine. I have things that the food in my life is more than just me to drink. It's like this doing the will of God. He he's he's saying talking to that woman was doing the will of God and it fed him. And it's in that context when they say, What are you talking about? And he and he says, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying? It's still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes. Look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Huh. We have a mission in the church knowing that, Knowing who we are and all that God's done for us, we have a mission to share that word with others. And it's, it's interesting because, you know, when I look out there and I see, I see on the fringes these people in the world that are angry, bitter, and fighting. And uh, oftentimes it seems to me they're just at least a little bit crazy. But they're also not representative of all those people that are in the world. And we're talking about those people who are not born again, who are outside of the church, who don't know and can't know unless someone go to them and share the word with them. What I want to say in this is that, you know, um, this word I think God is stirring up about us. Because I I see a couple of things about the way Jesus dealt with the Samaritan woman, Shirley. Uh, (laughs) The Samaritan woman's name is not Shirley. But but the Samaritan woman, for certain, and also with the rich young ruler, (laughs) is that uh, Jesus saw them, and he loved them. And that's where we need to be. We need to, see, we need to see people and we need to love them. Whether they're in our family, in our church family, in our community, at our work, or just out on the street. We need to see people and we need to love them. And we need to be bold. Bold to speak the truth about what God has done for them the gospel message, they're ready to hear it. They're ready to hear it. I'm sure that most of the people out in the world struggling along are longing to hear. They're eager and hungry, like that rich young ruler, to hear the word. So, be bold. Is that everything? Here endeth the lesson. Let's continue with an icy creed. There was a there was a show that I saw recently. I was watching this detective show, and it has this guy in it, and he's a he's a bureaucrat, right? It's like you don't expect much from that guy. And he had this dilemma. And his wife looks at him and says, "What what is what has got you so worried?" And he says, "Well, I have a choice to make." And then he kind of mutters under his breath and he says. Um, One moment of courage or a lifetime of regret. That's always the choice. Man, just pause that one, take a knee. (laughs) One moment of courage or a lifetime of regret. Be bold. Let's continue with the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, And was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven. And is seated on the right hand of the Father. He comes come to him glory to judge the living and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. And I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come.
0: Amen. Let us pray for the church and for the world. Father, we pray for your holy Catholic church. And we all may be one. Grant that every member of the church may truly and humbly serve you.
1: That your name may be glorified by all people.
0: We pray for all bishops, priests, and deacons.
1: That they may be faithful ministers of your word and sacraments.
0: We pray for all who govern and hold authority in the nations of the world.
1: That there may be justice and peace on the earth.
0: Give us grace to do your will in all that we undertake.
2: That our works may find favor in your sight.
0: Have compassion on those who suffer from any grief or trouble, that they They may may be be delivered delivered from from their their distress. distress. Give to the departed eternal rest. Let light perpetual perpetual shine shine upon them. them. We praise you for your saints who have entered into joy.
1: May we also come to share in your heavenly kingdom. Lord, hear the prayers of your people, and what we have asked faithfully grant that we may obtain effectually to the glory of your name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Turn and greet your neighbor with the peace of the Lord. Peace, neighbor.
3: Okay, where are you going to be on Veterans Day this year? 11-11, 2021. Hopefully the men of this church will be with me at the men's retreat. Um, So today I'd like to get everybody's name who wants to go. I know there's people out there who are going on this retreat who haven't given me their name yet. Start giving me your name. I want to get the rooms all booked up so I have the right amount of rooms for us all. Um, I'm getting names from the Vegas church and from the church in Oceanside, and I've got names from here, but I think there's more than I've got on this list. So please come see me. Give me your name. You don't have to pay me today, but I need your name. So I know you're coming. Get on the list. Amen. <laughs> yes. That's the only announcement I have between you know, now I don't... and then. I don't I want so everyone to have count. an
1: announcement. I don't. Uh, uh, I just want to share some good news um, about one of our our young men favorites growing up here, off in uh, Nevada right now, uh, is going to be ordained a priest. John
3: House. Oh yeah. And. and...
1: We expect great things from that young man, and wherever he goes, whatever he does, we're going to claim credit.
4: <laughs>
1: He's one of ours.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: And uh, Jake, Kristen, anything? <laughs> anything we want to share? I see a bright shiny thing back there. Like, I don't know. Congratulations! Uh, I understand you're engaged. <laughs> it wasn't public knowledge, it is now. (laughs) So it's a great week, great week, great things happening. Amen. Let's pray for the offering. As
0: we prepare to receive the body and blood of Christ in the Eucharist, let us respond to God's word by engaging with him in musical worship and presenting to God our tithes and offerings out of that which God has given to us. Together... Through Christ, let us continually offer to God the sacrifice of praise that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. But do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God.
1: baptized believers to receive the body and blood of christ this is the table of the lord it is made ready for those who love him and for those who want to love him more so come you who have much faith and you who have little you who have been here often and you who have not been here long you who have tried to follow and you who have failed come because it is the lord who invites you it is his will that those who want him should meet him here come to the table the Lord be with you. With your lift up your hearts. Lift them up to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord our God. Father, all powerful and ever living God, we do well always and everywhere to give you thanks for Jesus Christ our Lord. Through his cross and resurrection, he freed us from sin and death and called us to the glory that has made us a chosen race, a royal priesthood a holy nation, a people set apart. Everywhere we proclaim your mighty works, for you have called us out of darkness into your own wonderful light. And so with all the choirs of angels in heaven we proclaim your glory and join an Aaron ending hymn of praise. are holy indeed, the fountain of all holiness. Let your Holy Spirit come upon these gifts and make them holy, that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Before he was given up to death, a death he freely accepted, he took bread, he gave you thanks, he broke it, he gave it to his disciples saying, take eat, this is my body which is given for you, do this for the remembrance of me. When supper was ended, he took the cup. Again, he gave thanks and praise. He gave the cup to his disciples and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Let us proclaim the mystery of our faith. Christ has died Christ is risen, and Christ shall come again. In memory of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Father, this life-giving bread, this saving cup. We thank you for counting us worthy to stand in your presence and serve you. May all of us who share in the body and blood of Jesus be brought together in unity by the Holy Spirit. Lord, remember your church throughout the world. Make us grow in love together with our patriarch, Craig, our Bishop Douglas, and all the clergy. Remember those for whom we now pray, Connie, Susan, Carl, Serena, Naomi, Sonia, Sandra, Karen, Tammy, Maria, Kyla, Jean, Mario, Patrick, Ramona, Laura, Robert, the Marines and Sailors of Camp Pendleton, and all those who serve in our armed forces. You can add the names of the people you're praying for. Draw our hearts to remember the poor and broken. As we receive the body and blood of Jesus, may we be transformed to become the body of Christ to the world. Have mercy on us all. Make us worthy to share eternal life with the apostles, martyrs, and all the saints. May we praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him, with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, almighty Father, now and forever, Not into temptation, but deliver us from evil; for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. amen. Hallelujah Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us
4: Hallelujah. Mm.
1: Lamb of God you take away the sin of the world. Have mercy. Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. The gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Jesus died for you and feed on him in your hearts with thanksgiving. Blessed are those who are called to his supper.
4: Amen. Jesus, this is your body.
1: St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in the battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who roam throughout the world, seeking the ruin of souls. As you go out from this place, always remember the gospel. God was in Christ Jesus, reconciling the world to himself and not counting your sins against you. God loves you. God has forgiven you, God is not mad at you, and God will never leave you nor forsake you. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and those you love and care for now and forever. Amen.